good afternoon or evening or morning or midnight or whenever you're watching, listening. Yeah, I couldn't get a live stream going today, um, but I'm just going to get what I can out to you. Uh, my name is John Feldhaus, and this is Epic Gnosis on behalf of Verity Talk. Thank you for joining us today. Today, I'm going to be talking about near-death experiences. Stay tuned. All right, near-death experiences. What? Why am I talking about this? Well, I like talking about different things that are scientific. I like talking about things that bring the attention to the fact that uh, God exists. And I I like talking about, you know, the interweaving of, you know, the, these things that, you know, we take for granted. We think that God and, like, people have tried to separate religion from science for the past century now. And, um, it, you know, you really can't. And it's not just religion. It's the fact that there is a supernatural realm out there. And so the study of near-death experiences or uh, NDEs, as they're called on um, the website here. I have a, a website that was founded a couple years ago um, called nderf.org. That's near-death experience researchfoundation.org. And uh, there's a couple of other folks who do some of the same things. They study and research near-death experiences. Most of them are religious. This one is not uh, per se a religious foundation. This one was a doctor who uh, genuinely was, you know, he had encountered a couple of times where people had these experiences where they they claim to have seen a light. They claim to have you know gone beyond you know the natural realm, and most doctors beforehand just thought this is just a coincidence. This probably has something to do with their religion, what they believe. Um, but a lot of these circumstances were actually mind boggling because when they studied out when they had these experiences, of course they have supernatural things that occur, like. Um, you know, seeing things uh, that they wouldn't have been able to see because at the time they were pronounced dead uh, or, uh, you know, they weren't even in the room and they knew information like a conversation that was taking place between the doctor and um, like a brother-in-law or somebody, uh, a close relative of theirs in another room. Um, but the evidence that points to this not being just a... Um, a function of a brainwave or of uh, some sort of coincidence that is occurring is overwhelming. It's astounding. It's so much that there's a whole website devoted to this. Now, during the time, I think this was about the 80s, where um, kind of this discovery and interest in near-death experiences started to peak, started to uh, grow, um, you know, people hesitated to even talk about these kinds of things because you're kind of you got to kind of you got to kind of keep in mind this is also sort of the era where um atheism atheism was really starting to take a hold um you had people like Richard Dawkins and uh Stephen Hawking coming out with um you know you know there's scientific folks who are they're studying the natural world and it's very it was very popular back then to um 
to be of the quote-unquote rational mind that says this, you know, where I don't believe anything that I don't see that can't be scientifically proven. And, you know, it's good to be logical. It's good to, you know, it's good to have common sense. But it's not good to discount something that you don't see just because you can't observe it naturally. Well, near-death experiences has been a whole science that they have studied realizing that these phenomena that occur cannot be based on a physical um, occurrence going on in the brain. So I'm going to go ahead and dive into some of the things that they say about um, NDEs. So I'm going to I'm going to find some of the research that was really quite interesting. Uh, let me pull up the PDF because they have a lot of different stats about ND about I'll, I'm going to use the term NDEs because it's pretty quick instead of saying near death experiences. So it's kind of a tongue twister. So NDEs um, in all occurrences where somebody is close to death like they basically, um, and close to death, they define as basically flatlining, and you're basically in cardiac arrest, there's no heartbeat, and um, during this time also, the the body's um, functions just shut down. It's kind of like when your computer gets turned off, there is nothing going on in the, the computer. There's nothing going on in the hard drive. Everything is going, shutting down. There is no functionality. And in the same way, there's no functionality in the the human brain. And also, most people kind of have thought of for a long time um, the idea that the mind is basically what the brain does. They think that the mind is something that is, you know, a, a structure sort of like the software of the brain but we're going to find out that that it's actually it's deeper than that and as a christian you know this and believe this but as people uh, as people who uh, there's a lot of people who are of the mindset again they don't believe it unless they see it or um, they kind of deny it. there has been evidence for a while that you know that the supernatural is a real realm that there is something beyond the natural life. Some people take it and go with a new age. Um, they go they go down the new age path with it. Some people are just kind of like, yeah, whatever, that's cool. Uh, and they go down the, the path of like paranormal activity. They start becoming ghost hunters and stuff. But a lot of people have really um, significant encounters and they have significant change that occurs in their lives. So I'm going to try and streamline this as much as I can. Um, one of the original uh, people to um, kind of make this a focus of study was a guy named Jeffrey Long. Uh, radi- he's a radi- radiation oncologist in Louisiana. Um, and he just he just noticed this, that he kept getting people who had these near-death experiences. And, um, and like I said... Uh, so here, here's some of the, the evidence that they found that he, he did in his studies, uh, partnering up with a lot of other people. I noticed in my searches, um, there's a lot of Catholic um, organizations that really push for the scientific uh, study and um, propo- uh, propelling promotion, that's the word, of the fact that these things actually exist and are real. Um, 
but he did all this study and found a couple lines of evidence for the reality of near-death experiences. Not just hallucinations. They're not hallucinations. They're not, again, they're not brainwave activity. There's no brain activity going on. That's one of the lines of evidence, but we'll get to it. So one of the things that differed, there's, you know, there are hallucinations and things that occur when people are, you know, close to death because there is activity going on. Some people retain brain activity and are having hallucinations. But these people, one of the lines of evidence is they're having lucid, organized experiences while unconscious, comatose, or clinically dead. They they occur at a time when the person is so physically compromised they are typically they're they're either unconscious, comatose, or dead clinically. They're um let's see, they're so they get they get these um basically what it is their lucid organized experiences. That means everything is clear. Things are not fuzzy. They're they're typically not even confused. They um they have a higher sense of consciousness in these times of near-death experiences. Um, so in their uh, gathering of da- data and statistics, oh, by the way, in, uh, in near-death experiences, out of all people who come close to death, 17% of people have near-death experiences. So it's not something, and this was something that they showed was not something that typically happens and it's not something that they can point to like everybody who comes close to death comes comes across this because if it did then they could point to something physically that occurs in the body and just kind of um brush it off to the side as this isn't really a uh this isn't really a supernatural experience but we'll get into why it is a supernatural experience um in one of the questions the that the NDE survey asked it says how did your highest level of consciousness and alertness during the experience compare to your normal everyday consciousness and alertness of a thousand uh, of 1122 um people 835 that's 74 almost 75 percent indicated that they had more consciousness and alertness than normal 20 percent said they had normal consciousness and five percent less consciousness so on on the greater scale, more people have greater clarity of vision and consciousness than don't. Way more. Um, they they describe it, their experiences as clear, and they're more aware, and they're often associated with heightened awareness. So they're usually able to describe things that occur to them in very plain detail, very... Um, uh, very clear, vivid detail. They could see what was going on. Uh, they can see ongoing ag- events, of course, from the location apart from their physical body. So they're having out-of-the-body experiences. There's no way they could have had these experiences um, in their body. They would have to have been out of their body. And of course, we've heard of some of these um, instances where these things occur. Um, let's see. They had about 45% of near-death experiencers report out-of-body experiences, which involves them seeing or hearing earthly events, and so on and so forth. Um, Let's see. Of the study, a review of 617 NDEs, 
of these, there were 287 that had out-of-bodies with sufficient information to allow objective determination of the reality of their descriptions from their observations during OBEs. By the way, I'm basically getting these uh, stats and uh, facts about near-death experiences um, from an article on the NDE uh, rf.org nderf.org website by the uh, the doctor that basically started all this. His name is Jeffrey Long. And this is scientifically verified evidence. This is not uh, a fringe move. This is not uh, this is not something even propagated by a religious organization, not anybody that we would consider a cult, not any not even a government definitely not a government funded thing. Um this is somebody who found that just took a curiosity and interest in this and quote unquote, he wanted to make a safe space for people to also um, uh, outline and give their accounts of their uh, near death experiences. And in doing that, they're giving uh, they're giving him and other doctors more uh, more evidence and cases to study for the um for what makes all of them, uh, what they all have in common. And so we've, they have found that they have a lot of things in common. So, so far we've found out they're lucid and they a lot of times have out-of-body experiences, 45%. So not all of them, but 45% of the, of the uh, NDA, NDEs are out-of-body. Then they also, oh, this was interesting, um, uh, Near-death experiences with vision in the blind and supernormal vision. So, um, I'll just give this one really briefly. People who were blind were seeing in their near-death experience. I thought that was really cool because, again, there would have been no way for them to have known something had occurred except they were dead and they were out of their body, which did not have the ability to see anything. One instance was that somebody was uh, um, was out of their body. They saw the uh, they saw the doctor drop their pen, and and they watched the whole thing happen. How they got away from the group. They picked up their pen, put it back in, whatever, and they got back to the group and started working on the patient who was observing all this from out of their body. So not only were they out of their body, they also also were physically blind. So there would have been no other evidence for them to be able to, no other way for them to have known what was going on. I'm going to go to a different page here. I'm going to go, this is an, by the Magis Center. Uh, these folks, these were the Catholic folks who had their evidence uh, that they were in partnership with the NDERF, the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation. Um they have their own page where they talked about near-death experiences. Um, let me find the page that I had. Where are you? I I was doing a lot of research last night, so um, but I didn't get it all compiled like I wanted to. But this, but basically, it, it's fun to go over this stuff because you end up seeing like you know even scientists can't deny the ones who are you know. Science is basically the observation of the natural world and coming to conclusions based on analysis and hypothesis and um, experiment and then coming to conclusions from those things. But 
one of the proofs and evidence of the supernatural realm being real is that it's interacting with the natural, namely with human beings. And um, let me get to this spot here. Okay, oh, and to add to the, the point about the blind respondents, the blind patients who had near-death experiences, 80% of blind respondents claimed to see during the NDEs. So that's pretty cool. So they they go into very um, it, very uh, laborious detail, and they have a lot of stats that are kind of, you know, a lot of it seems kind of repetitive, so I, I thought I had more to go off of here. But it really was like they they painstakingly uh, belabor the point that the fact of the matter is that these near-death experiences are real and they're not the figment of somebody's imagination. These are real stories by people who are not, you know, they're not trying to fake anybody out. They're not, they're not just dictated by their religious experiences, even though their description of, the non, of their uh, experience is usually determined by their religion, whether you know, they're Christian or they're Buddhist or they're atheist or somebody else who and maybe they have no religious um, exposure whatsoever, have no thoughts on anything. It's usually something where they have um, whatever their frame of reference is. And I feel, you know, personally... I was reading the ones where um, the ones that had Christian identifiers. It's it they had Christian descriptions of their experience. I I felt those were the most vivid. Those were the ones where they just it was like it was obvious. And of course, you know, not everything agrees. Not all of their experiences are completely um, in agreement as far as terms go, but they all do have the same type of experience. They all experience a heightened awareness. Okay. Um, I'm just going to go back to what I was reading before by this um, Dr. Jeffrey Long. He went on to say in his fourth line of evidence for um, there being, for NDEs being real, um, under, so under adequate general anesthesia, it should not be possible to have a lucid organized memory. Prior studies use, using EEG and functional imaging of the brains of patients under general anesthesia provide substantial evidence that the anesthesized brain should be unable to produce lucid memories. So the parts of the brain that remember are turned off. They, don't, they should not remember these things. As previously discussed, Following cardiac arrest, the EEG becomes flat in 10 to 20 seconds, and there is usually anesthesia prior to the following arrest. The occurrence of cardiac arrest while under general anesthesia is a combination of circumstances in which no memory from that time should be possible. And then they go on to give a, a description of it. They reviewed 613 near-death experiences shared, and 23 of them appeared to have occurred while under anesthesia, uh, and cardiac arrest was the most common life-threatening event that was described in association with uh, with these uh, near-death experiences. Um, and so, again, it's a, it's a really long statistic. I'm trying to streamline this a little bit. But again, anesthesia, brain activity is not there. 
Now, one of the, the most common things that occurs, of course, they most people talk about there being kind of like a glorious uh, light and love surrounding them, uh, like pretty much every single one. Very few have the, uh, uh, well, some have the dark ones. Of course, there's uh, there's hell experiences, but a lot of them have heaven experiences. Um, Near-death experiences and life reviews. This one, um, so they're, they have some of the same um, descriptions of the life near-death experiences, and one of them is their life review. They see their life basically flash before their eyes. They see everything happen, and then they end up leaving with a positive and a change of lifestyle. And um, and let me look for the statistic that showed that a lot of people, and you know what, I won't have time to go to that, but of all of these um, near-death experiences, most people, I want to say it was 80%, oh, here it is, the after effects. This is one of the most, uh, this is one of the coolest ones I liked. Um, following near-death experiences, significant changes in the lives of the NDEers are commonly observed. The most recent version of the NDERF survey asked, um, that my experience directly resulted in, and of the responses of the 270 uh, that they questioned, 152 of them said they made large changes or drastic changes in their life. Over half of them did. And then about 24 of them said they made moderate changes. 24%, that is. Um, so again, so this is over 75% of people. Um, and then about, uh, 10% of them said they made slight changes. So any change made at all, it accounts to about, let's see if I do my math right, 54.7 plus 24.5, um, 34, 54. That's almost 90%. Almost 90% of people make some sort of change from from their experience. And over half of the people who have this experience make a drastic change in their life. I think that's one of the biggest ones that you could find. Cross-cultural study. So across all cultures um, of non-English... See, dozens of volunteers have translated non-English into English. Both the non-English and English translated versions are posted on the website. Over 600,000 people currently visit the, w- the website. Um, and, and and you can go to the website and read them if you want. I was doing that for a little bit last night. Um, he says, my investigation of NDEs from around the world that have been translated into the English language shows that they're their content is strikingly similar. If near-death experiences were considerably influenced by pre-existing religious and cultural beliefs, it would be expected that there would be significant differences in the content of NDEs from different cultures. But he found over 500, in his review of, of over 500 of them from dozens of countries and around the world, he found that they were basically very similar. So... Um, and you can read on some of those, and there's more info in here. Um, 
but and for the most part, this is one of those things that I feel really just uh, it just cuts down atheism. You know, it it cuts it at the feet, cuts it at the legs. It's just not it, it can't hold up because atheism basically is usually uh, of the mindset that everything is just natural. Everything is just in the natural world. There is nothing supernatural. That we have minds, but they are the result of uh, of our brains powering up our bodies and having experiences of what's around us. Um, but this is one of the many um, pieces of the puzzle that atheism cannot describe. It cannot account for. And so, especially naturalistic atheism. There's some atheism, like, based in Buddhism. There's Buddhism that has a lot of atheistic um, principles and characteristics in it. But, um, yeah, atheism overall does not have a lot of answers for the uh, beyond natural, the supernatural events that do occur and are verifiable. This and near-death experiences being one of the biggest ones. Near-death experiences are uh, one of the really greatest stories because people can bring back, you know, information from, you know, uh, what this website kind of refers to as beyond the veil, which I think that's a funny term because you, for them to use, they're, they're trying to be unreligious, but uh, they end up, you know, that's one of the biggest uh, hopes and dreams of the Christian who, know, one, knows their Bible and two, has, you know, the knowledge that there is, you know, life in the hereafter. And it's a scripture that it's like um, beyond the veil really comes from the biblical reference to the temple. And the veil was what separated people on the outer court and God's presence on the inside of the inner court or the really, or well, let's see, there was the outer, inner, and then there was the Holy of Holies. So the curtain was between the inner court and the Holy of Holies, which is where the Ark of the Covenant was. And God's presence was the strongest and priests could not enter in unless they were completely clean. They were sprinkled with blood and they had a, and they had a rope tied around their ankles just in case they died because they did something wrong in the rituals that they were given uh, outlined by Moses on the Mount of Sinai. And so um, big deal to go beyond the veil for them. And it's a big deal for anybody to go beyond the veil now. Uh, in reference to this um, study of near-death experiences. Um, and, and I'll just, um, I'll cut it off with this. Let's see, and I'm going to quote this. It's, um, it is informative to consider how near-death experiencers themselves view the reality of their experiences. Uh, an NDERF survey of 1,122. Uh, so there's... I mentioned a statistic earlier that had the same number, so this is likely the survey that is surveying the same people, but it asked, how do you uh, currently view the reality of your experience? And this was, um, I believe this was basically like right after the experience. How do you currently view the reality of your experience and received the following responses? 962, that's 95.6%. They they said, oh, the experience was definitely real. Like, no doubt. No doubt. Isn't that wild? And, and you know, most of these people, uh, maybe they're, 
you know, 50% of them, what did they say back here? They said 50% of them made large changes in their life. Um, and you'll, and if you read through that list of people that are, um, um, that are giving their accounts on this website, not a, not a big chunk seem to be Christian. Maybe they are, uh, but I probably, you know, and you know, obviously I didn't read through all of them, but I probably only three or four of them stick out and come to mind that, uh, explicitly, um, list God or Jesus as a being that they incurred, they, they, uh, that they occurred. No. Oh my gosh. What's the word? A being that they encountered. That's it. Um, most of them use just kind of a general, oh, I felt a presence or I felt this being. Um, some people try to kind of give their own terms and say that there was, you know, a, uh, um, like an essence or they try to make it sound, you know, not personal. Um, and again, some of this is uh, informed by their new agey kind of um, upbringing or uh, knowledge that they've acquired. And I believe that's really the next, uh, that's the next battlefield that needs to be fought because without getting too much off topic, we have a lot of celebrities and a lot of, you know, higher up people who are really getting into things like new age. Obviously, we've had that for the past probably 20 plus years going on really prominently occurring and then uh and recently it's like people have been very open openly like satanist or um or satanically atheistic you know there's all these different terms and you know brands of it but it's like people are on you know uh, on the up and up getting a lot more aware of the supernatural but unfortunately there's a lot of these people that are going the wrong direction and so but if but I like the study of these uh, NDRs, NDEs, that is, because it, it just proves there is a realm outside of the natural realm, and it is the supernatural, and there is a God of that supernatural realm, and he's a God of peace, he's a God of love, he's a God of clarity, and, you know, and he is a God that gives you, he gives you power and strength to go on in life, and and a lot of these people made drastic changes in their lives because of these uh, instances. So I just think it was really cool to just study this as a scientific matter of fact that these things occur. And, uh, and you know, it's December. It's, uh, it's Christmas time. So Christmas miracles are occurring and, and whatnot. There's magic in the air. No, but... Um, so anyway, I am going to cut this off and... Um, me, Jordan, and Ryan are all getting together this Sunday. We're doing a live broadcast, a live broadcast. Uh, well, we're all doing a table talk. I don't know if it's going to be live or not, but we are going to be doing a broadcast here soon, uh, on Sunday that is, and it's going to be really cool. We'll finally have Ryan all with us. We'll all be, uh, all together for the first time doing that. And then, um, I believe Ryan, she herself is having her own, podcast broadcast tomorrow um so don't miss that um don't miss any of the uh, of jordan's uh, rightly divides or um verity talk podcasts that he's done this week 
Um, I've got some catching up to do myself so that we can all be on the same page. But we want you on the same page too. And yeah, so thanks for tuning in today. I hope that helped you. Hope that was. Uh, hope that uh, piqued your curiosity and interest. And if you're somebody who's never thought of things like that, like the supernatural, or um, these things that are, you know, scientifically, if you've never thought of stuff, stuff like this, I encourage you to search it out for yourself and, you know, see the validity of it. That it's not just a religion promoting it. Uh, it's something that's really real. Um, but it points to the God of, you know, the Bible. It points to the God of Christianity, who is all gung-ho about these things, but some people just get turned off for whatever reason. Uh, but these things are real, and God's trying to reach out to people who are, are just looking for what's real. And, you know, I hope that blesses you. Um, you guys have a great week, and I will talk to you guys on Sunday. Have a good day. Bye-bye.